0: Here we are, more than halfway through Lent, and it's been pretty uneventful, at least for me. Unless you count the weather. This has been the coldest Lent in my memory. A couple of days ago, it was minus 27 Celsius with the wind chill as I was coming out of my house. And it's the end of March. Trust me, I know we're in Canada, but it's not usually like this. Maybe up in the Yukon, but not here. I guess the weather does make me think about how not in control we are. Maybe that's why Canadians tend to accept things more readily than Americans or Latin Americans. See what's happening in Venezuela. Or how the Chinese have been responding to the lack of news about Malaysia Flight 370. Maybe it's just me, but I would have accepted it. Maybe it's also part of our Christian faith. We accept what God sends us. We trust that He knows what's best and that He has a plan. I guess that has been what this Lent has been about for me. Trust and surrender. That's what Jesus finds in the desert. He doesn't have to eat food because he trusts. He trusts that God will take care of him. He won't tempt God. What does it mean to tempt God? It means not trusting him. Instead of tempting God, we are called to surrender to him. And then of course, we're called to worship and serve God. That's the lesson of the Lenten desert experience. So, as you journey through Lent towards Easter, remember that you are not just fasting and abstaining as an exercise in self-sacrifice. We're not just giving alms and spending more time in prayer to be better Christians to help the poor and to deepen our spiritual life. We're also doing these things as an exercise in trust and surrender. These last couple of weeks of Lent make surrender and trust your daily prayer. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. We begin today, as always, by giving away a prize. And our winner today is Chris McAvoy, Chris McAvoy, you've won a copy of Chris Bray's Beloved Child of God, an album that we featured last week. If you haven't already, Chris, please contact us so we can get you your prize. And for the rest of you, remember, winning a prize is really easy. All you have to do is go to saltandlighttv.org slash radio and enter your name and your email address where it says stay connected for a chance to win weekly prizes. You can also see there who our previous winners are in case you missed it. Today, our parenting expert Jillian Cantor returns to tell us what she learned from her kids this week. She's here in about 15 minutes after our news and our saint of the week. And in our second half hour, we'll be speaking with author Don Caffrey. He has a children's book Uh, to teach kids about the papacy. We're going to be speaking with him in about half an hour. And after that, at the end of the program, we'll be speaking with Sarah Kroger, who returns to the program. Um, She has a new album, Hallelujah is Our Song. So I'm really looking forward to that conversation. Let's begin now with one of Sarah's songs. This song became my unofficial personal hymn for World Youth Day Rio. So here's Sarah Kroger with Run to the Cross from her last album, Your Time. Thank you Sarah Kroger with Run to the Cross from her album Your Time and we're going to be speaking with Sarah in our second half hour and in about 5 minutes Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos but first, Alicia is here with our news
1: Yes, first me and Andrew. So I have I have some news. I think this is the final chapter on something that everyone has been asking uh, about.
0: Oh, drum roll.
1: Drum roll, please. Do you remember the Bishop of Bling?
0: Oh yeah. Well, I do. Yes. The Golden uh, Toilet.
1: Most of our view of our listeners <laughs> Sorry, most of our listeners probably remember this story as well. From Germany. Exactly. He's the Bishop of Limburg, Germany, and that kind of encompasses Frankfurt and the Uh surrounding area, and he had been investigated for spending... A lot of money. Tens of millions of euros on renovations for his personal residence, at the same time cutting salaries at the archdiocese. And if you recall, he was placed on a... Temporary leave <laughs> from the diocese <laughs> while yes. the German bishops and the diocese looked deeper into his spending. Yes. Well, yes. this week in the Renunce Nomine section, something I check every morning, R- oh. the uh, the resignation of Bishop Franz Peter Tebartz van Elz was accepted. Mm-hmm. The Holy See made a statement. They released a statement about this, and they said it really became clear that the situation was such that he was not going to be able to exercise his ministry in a fruitful way in the diocese anymore. So they accepted the resignation. He actually did tender his resignation back in October when the German Bishops' Conference decided they were going to investigate the right. matter. Right. Yeah. And it was on hold until we got the results of mm. that. The Vatican also said he will receive another posting at an opportune moment.
0: In Siberia.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I would say don't (laughs) expect to see him leading another diocese. Expect to see him the chaplain of a monastic cloistered (laughs) community somewhere in the Black Forest. Yes, in
0: Antarctica.
1: But it's also a sign that Pope Francis is dead serious when he tells bishops and priests you have to have the smell of your sheep
0: yeah he's seriously. not
1: gonna just sit there I'm and like, what are you and thinking <laughs> what was he thinking <laughs> moving on mm-hmm. the other big meeting that was happening this week of course was pope francis with president obama yes but but, but that, that's not so interesting old that's old news that's old news and it's not quite as interesting as what happened just before for that meeting the day before on wednesday at the general audience a group of latinos from the u.s from orange county i believe Mm -hmm. um including a large group of children attended the general audience with two signs our lady of guadalupe and a sign that read pope francis help us legalize our parents wow so drawing attention to the fact that there are countless children in the u.s who were born in the u.s to undocumented parents and now for a variety of reasons their parents risk deportation but the children of course are uh, are are americans for all intents and purposes and these people in many cases have contributed to the growth of their communities have been active members of their parish life so I- it's a big concern. Now, one of these children was l- a little girl. Her name is Jersey Vargas, and she actually got to speak to Francis at mm. the end of the audience as he was walking by. And there's a th- adorable photo of Francis... M- kind of leaning over to hear her. Mm-hmm. And she told Francis, please tell Obama he needs to, to look at this situation.
0: So she's like, sorry, she yelled at him? Like what? How do you they just were bring a sign? In and
1: they were in the VIP section from what front. I could tell, in the yeah. front row. So towards the end of the audience, he came over and he greeted everyone. Ah. And there she was. And so she just
0: spoke to him in Spanish, bro. It looks like yes. she
1: spoke to him in Spanish. And she later told media that he told her don't worry. I will bring it up. I'll, I'll mention <laughs> it to Obama. <laughs> I will mention it to Obama. Now, also in the U.S., we know that in 2015, we're going to have the World Meeting of Families. In
2: Philadelphia. It's
1: for everyone. The last one was in Milan. The next one is in Philadelphia. And a delegation from Philadelphia was at the Vatican this week to mm-hmm. give updates. Well, I mean, the one update everyone wanted was, is the Pope going or not? Right. And the organizer said he has not RSVP'd yet, but that doesn't mean he's not going.
2: Mm-hmm. They
1: said the the confirmation could come as late as six months before the event.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So everyone's still holding their breath. And the other issue that came up: Archbishop Charles Chaput was mm-hmm. asked to what extent this meeting will be open to people in, you know, in in different types of family situations. So. Single-parent families, remarried couples, or even same-sex parents. And he he made this one statement. He said, what Catholic today doesn't have in their family? Someone. Someone who is a single parent, who's divorced and remarried, or who's in a same-sex relationship. And we can't ignore those realities, Mm -hmm. because if you ignore those realities, you're ignoring those people. Mm -hmm. So he said, of course, the meeting will emphasize the Catholic teaching on family life, but we can't ignore these things. I hope everyone, his actual words were, I hope everyone will embrace Mm -hmm. these people who differ, people who differ from the Catholic Church. I hope everyone will embrace them. Mm -hmm. So that should be very interesting. That is, Mm -hmm. that's a challenge. How do you hold a meeting on families, promote the Catholic teaching on families, and yet, you know, not ignore these other realities, and not make people feel excluded.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, well, yeah, welcome everyone. Good, and hopefully... We will be there.
1: I hope so. And hopefully Francis will be there. Yes,
0: that would be very good. Okay, Alicia, thank you for that. Lots lots, lots of uh, good news and, and some stories that we need to follow. Alicia Ambrosio, our Salt and Light our news producer. You can watch Alicia on Vatican Connections every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on Salt and Light TV and also on demand at saltandlighttv.org. You can also follow her on Twitter at VatiConnections.
3: Hi, this is Gretchen Harris, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon
0: Pedro. You can podcast our show for free at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Visit us there and stay connected with us for a chance to win weekly prizes. And now it's time for... Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos. Andrew?
3: Deacon Pedro, how are you?
0: I am good, thank you. How are you? Very well, thank you. Having a good Lent?
3: Yeah, it's it's been flying by. It has um, been
0: flying by, and it's been freezing by too.
3: Yeah, I know. I know. Polar vortex. <laughs> polar unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable.
0: <Arctic laughs> it vortex. It is unbelievable. You want to call it. Seriously. But uh,
3: yeah, uh, Easter is uh, Easter is approaching. It's around. And the it was corner. actually nice because coming back from Italy, Deacon Pedro. Yes. Um, we had the time shift, so coming back. Oh, yeah? It's nice to know that when you leave Saturday mass at five o'clock, you're not going back home in the dark. I know. So Isn't that great? Is still out, so. It's
0: great. It is. It is. Yes. And, and my mass is 630, so I come out of mass at 730 at night and it's it's light out still. So that's nice, Good. even though it's still freezing. So do we have a Lenten saint or an Easter I guess it's too um, early for an Easter not saint. Not so much.
3: Yeah, you know what? Yes. I would say he's a Lenten East, uh, and Easter saint. Yes. Um, I'm going to look at St. Isidore today.
0: Okay. Isidore. Yep. So I'm sure most people uh, here we
3: go. Yeah. Uh, Isidore was born into a family of saints. Very mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, in 6th, century Spain. So two of his brothers, their names were Leander and Fulgentius, Mm -hmm. and one of his sisters, by the name Florentina, are revered as saints in Spain. Really? Yeah, and his brothers actually, interestingly enough, served as bishops, and his sister Florentina as an abbess. Now, this didn't make things easier for Isidore. Uh, His brother Leander (laughs) may have been holy in many ways, but his treatment of his little brother Isidore shocked many, even at the time. Leander was much older than Isidore, we know. He took over Isidore's education, which also included force and punishment. Right. So one day Isidore couldn't take it anymore. He was frustrated by uh, his inability to learn as fast as his brother, um, so he ran away.
2: Uh-huh. And
3: this story is kind of similar to a lot. Um, people running away, people you know, yeah. having a change of heart and yeah. know, just realizing that they can't do things. So he ran away. But though he could escape his brother's hands and his words, uh, he really couldn't escape his own feeling of failure and rejection. Mm -hmm. So when he finally let the outside world catch his attention, he noticed water dripping on the rock near where he sat. Mm -hmm. So the drops of water that fell repeatedly carried no force and seemed to have uh, no effect on the stone. And yet he saw that over time, the water drops had worn holes in the rock. Uh Very interesting. Isidore realized that if he kept working at his studies, his small efforts would eventually pay off right. great learning. So when he returned home, however, his brother ended up confining him to a cell in a monastery to complete his studies. His brother didn't believe that he wouldn't run away again, so he confined him. Uh-huh. Either there must have been a loving side to this relationship that we just don't know about today, or Isidore was remarkably forgiving, even for a saint. Yes, Because later he would work side-by-side side with his brother, and after Leander's death, Isidore would basically complete many of the projects that he began, including a missile and Mm -hmm. a Mm breviary. So Isidore, remarkably enough, was able to separate the abusive way he was taught from the joy of learning. He didn't run from learning after he left his brother, but he embraced education and made it his life's work. Mm -hmm. Isidore rose above his past and he became known, even to this day Deacon Pedro, as the greatest teacher in Spain. Mm -hmm. He wrote books on grammar, geography, history, and biography, as well as theology. Um, He ended up becoming the Bishop of Seville. So as Bishop of Seville for 37 years, succeeding his brother, he set a model for representative government in Europe. Under his direction, and perhaps uh, remembering the tyrannies of his brother, if you want to call it, he rejected autocratic decision-making and organized synods to discuss government of the Spanish Church. He lived until he was about 80 years old. As he was dying in his house, uh, he was filled with crowds of poor that he was giving help and alms to. Mm -hmm. So one of his last acts that we know when looking at his life story was that he gave all of his possessions to the poor. Mm -hmm. So uh, when he died in the year 636, um, I think he left this world knowing that he had done more than his brother had ever hoped. Right. And we look to St. Isidore because he is a doctor of the church.
0: Oh, I did not know
3: that. Yeah, so that is a treat. Uh, St. Isidore um, died in 636, and he was made a doctor of the church uh, years later. Mm -hmm. So St. Isidore, we look to him for for guidance and for inspiration as we continue our Lenten journey. Good. So it's important to point out, last thing, that his feast day is this coming Friday, April the 4th.
0: April 4th. Yeah. Saint Isidore and I, I didn't know he was a doctor, and I didn't know that his brothers and sister were all, are also saints.
3: Yeah, came from a family of saints. Well, a lot How of pressure.
0: <laughs> a lot of pressure.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's why I said like I don't think yes. it made life easier. No, it did not.
0: Okay, very good. Thank you, thank you, Andrew, for that. You're welcome. Andrew Santos is a youth minister at Saint Justin Martyr Parish in Markham, Ontario, where it is very cold, and he is our Saint expert.
3: Hey, this is Chris Bray, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro.
0: I'm Deacon Pedro. You can also like me on Facebook. Just look for Deacon Pedro and follow me on Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. And now it's time for... What our kids teach us with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome back to the program.
4: Thank you very much. How are you doing?
0: I am very good. Thank you. So, what did you learn from your kids this week or well, this month?
4: As I sometimes do, I'm changing your question. Uh oh. So, yeah. The question is not what did I learn from my kids, but what did I learn when I was a kid?
0: <laughs> oh, jeez. That is now
4: helping me when I have children of okay, my own. Okay, good, good. Um, The reason i'm thinking of this is because it is uh, my mom's 70th birthday is approaching oh nice and as i prepare a gift for her and i'm thinking about her i was just um considering how has she uh whatever whatever what have her words of wisdom been uh, Mm -hmm. for me over the years that have helped me grow and mature and now parent um and what i came up with at first was a list of Nothing. Like, how can my mom not have told me anything? But the thing is about my mom is that she's not an advice giver. Even when you ask her straight out, what do you think I should do?
2: Right. Her answer
4: kind of indicates, well, you should really figure it out on your own, right. um, which can be very frustrating. But I realized, the more I thought about it, that she is, in fact, giving advice. and She is giving those words of wisdom. You just have to have the ears to listen.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and so what I've compiled for you today are her top three pieces of advice that hopefully uh, will not only just help me, but some of your listeners might find these useful as well. Sounds
0: good, so a countdown the top three Jillian's mom's (laughs) advice. Yep. Good, I like it
4: Okay, so the first one is, and I have to try to use her uh, the way that she says it as well, Okay. Okay. make it officially mom advice Yes,
0: okay, good, I like it.
4: Yeah, okay, so number one, well, it's up to you, and that is given when you're faced with Options and trying to make a decision, and uh, what it really does is it forces you to weigh the pro- pros and the cro- excuse me. <laughs> what it really does is it forces you to weigh the pros and the cons, uh-huh. and really consider what those outcomes might be. Right. And in the end, even though you desperately want her to just tell you what to do, you have to just trust. You have yeah. to con- trust that you have um, been intelligent in your thinking and that you know what you're going to do, and that it will somehow work out in the end. And maybe maybe what happens is you make the wrong decision, but at least you have come mm-hmm. to that conclusion on your own yes. and that you've considered enough that you should be able to know, okay, maybe this wasn't the best thing, and you can still halt and turn around and go back to yes. the other option. Yeah. And I think um, it has this, you know, it's, it's taught me that there's never going to be a flashing neon sign that says, Jillian, do this, <laughs> but no. that for every option that God presents me, um, And he's never going to force me to do one particular thing, but he is going to give me those options.
2: Right,
0: good. That
4: it's my free will and my Mm -hmm. thinking that's going to help me make those decisions.
0: Mm -hmm, That's good advice. Well, thanks, Mom. Yeah.
4: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now, the next one, number two, is you never know until you try it on. (laughs) And this was advice that came, um, obviously, when we were shopping. And you look at something, what do you think about this? Well, you should try it on. You never know until you try it on. <laughs> <laughs> but um, how I now can, can use, uh, be using this in my daily life is that um, I think it applies to how we approach new things and new experiences. Mm. Um, I have definitely one boy and perhaps two. <laughs> I think he's showing signs of uh, they're very afraid to try new things. They get very nervous and they oh, would ra- really? just rather not, whether it's um a book that has a scary character that they don't want to read, or trying a new sport or a new game, and they're afraid that they might know how to, not know how to do it and look silly. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to, as parents, just encourage them you never know until you try it. Mm-hmm. You never know. Don't let fear stop you from trying these new things mm-hmm. um, because you might find that you love it. And then if you've never tried it, you'll be missing out on something amazing.
0: So. Yeah, good. Good advice, too.
4: Yes, thank you again, Mum.
0: Yes.
4: And number three, and this is our favorite amongst my siblings, she would always tell us, uh, watching is helping. And that generally <laughs> came when we were trying to lend a hand when we were very little, when we were trying to lend a hand in the kitchen, and she wanted us to just keep our sticky fingers at a distance, and she just wanted to do it herself. So she would just <laughs> say, you know what, watching is really helping. So maybe yes. you could just watch. Um So we throw that one back at her a lot when she's here and she's asking what she can do. Oh, you can
5: watch, watching something. Right.
4: Um, But as a parent, I know that it's true that you can never have, you can never have enough privacy in (laughs) the kitchen. no, but you can also never have enough watchful eyes over your children. And that doesn't mean that you're hovering over them and monitoring every Mm -hmm. movement, Mm -hmm. but that you've entrusted your parenting to the saints and angels and that you're asking them, To watch over your children and to protect them and to pray for them um and so yeah so you have these saints and angels in heaven who are just watching over your children and that's helping me as a mom to relax and Mm -hmm. worry less and to to raise hopefully faithful children
0: absolutely another good advice good advice thank you mom
4: yeah so in honor of mom's 70th birthday that's what she's taught
0: me absolutely what's your mom's name
4: helen geradat
0: helen helen geradat Hello, Helen. Happy birthday. <laughs> so, so three great pieces of advice that, that, if I can summarize, they all have to do with trust. Pretty really. much, yes. So yeah. trusting is is the, the word of the day. Um, an important word, not just in our own journey as as children of God, but also as parents, as we help the little ones figure out their journey. Yep. Very good. Thank you, Jillian. Thank you. Jillian Cantor is the producer of the Salt and Light TV program, Mothering Full of Grace. And she's the wife of David and the mother of Joseph Henry Annie and inside baby <laughs> yes
4: 20 weeks long. Hey, everybody it's marie miller and you're listening to the salt and light hour with Deacon Pedro
0: send us your comments via facebook facebook.com slash sl radio one or email us at radio at salt now are you a woman Or do you know a woman who is feeling that she needs to be inspired, who wants to meet other women of faith, to learn about her faith, and who believes that women have a unique mission entrusted to them by God? Well then you want to hear about the Dynamic Women of Faith Conference. And to tell us all about it, I am now joined by conference founder, Dorothy Polarski. Dorothy, welcome to the program.
5: Oh, thank you very much for having me, Deacon Pedro. Great to be here. Yes,
0: so Dynamic Women of Faith, what is it?
5: It's a uh, full-day program with a bunch of great speakers. Michael Korn will be speaking. Mm -hmm. We're flying in Lisa Hendy. She's the uh, founder of www.catholicmom.com. A lot of people know the books she's written. And, um, yeah, we have a whole bunch of speakers, uh, very high-spirited events, and always get great feedback on the program. Yeah.
0: Now, it's the fifth year that you do this?
5: This is uh, celebrating our fifth year. Yes, okay, year number so five. And
0: it's always it's taking place in Toronto, correct? Does it always take place in Toronto?
5: Yes, it always takes, it takes place in Toronto near uh, the airport. This year we're having it at the International Plaza Hotel, at 655 Dixon Road. Um, The program starts at 8.30 a.m. and goes to 5 p.m. Some people end up coming for part of the day, which is fine. I know moms are busy or women are busy.
0: Yes. So that's April 12th. We shouldn't forget to tell people the date. So Saturday, April 12th, that's two weeks from now, Saturday. Now, there's an event happening on the Friday night. Uh, Tell us about that.
5: Uh, That program is a program for mothers and their daughters. The program is called Calling All Girls. Uh And uh, we have a combination of uh, speakers, one which is a a prominent one, Dr. Julia Catedella, that will be speaking about the uh, pill, you know, very often... Uh, moms go with their daughters to the doctor, and immediately they're being yes. prescribed the pill. You yes. know, So we want to be addressing that issue and the outcomes. And we have a couple of teenagers speaking at the event. So okay. Sarah Blake, Monica McElroy, and Lisa Hendy is also speaking. She's speaking on the topic of her new book called The Grace of Yes.
0: So okay. it's,
5: she's flying in all the way from California for this.
0: Okay. So we're
5: excited about it. Deacon Pedro, we're yeah. really pumped up.
0: It sounds great. She's coming all the way. Might as well use her. Um, so, so April Friday, April 11th, Calling Our Girls is in the evening?
5: Yes. It's from 7 to 10, and that's uh, the mother-daughter event, Mother and okay. Daughters. And then on the Saturday, Dynamic Woman of Faith is all day for uh, Catholic women.
0: So any Catholic woman, doesn't matter what age she is?
5: Doesn't it, matter. Our program, uh, we're having uh, one group of 10 is coming in from Kitchener, and it's multi-generational, grandmother, daughter, uh, even daughter-in-laws are coming, so uh, we're really, really looking forward to it people do leave uh, revitalized.
0: Yeah, that's great. In fact, the flyer here, that get inspired, refresh your spirit, meet new people, renew your mind, and learn about new saints because I guess that's one of the talks is specifically about... Uh,
5: saints Companions for Sa- Life by yeah. Lisa Handy on yeah. the uh, Saturday. That will
0: yes. be great. So, okay, so April 11th, Friday in the evening, calling all girls on the 12th Saturday from 8.30 in the morning to 5 p.m. at the International Plaza Hotel if you're in the Toronto area. This is an event... That you can go to. Um, more information at dynamicwomenfaith.com.
5: Yeah, that's three words. There's no of in there. Yes. Sometimes people make that mistake. So it's www.dynamicwomenfaith.com.
0: Absolutely. But we're going to put that link on our website as well so people Fantastic, can find it appreciate easily. It. Dorothy, um, you're doing great work. Uh, you, you're <laughs> always doing great work. So <laughs> keep it up. We need, we need energetic women in the church as well.
5: Thank you, Deacon Pedro. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: That was Dorothy Polarski, founder of the Dynamic Women of Faith Conference. And in fact, Dorothy is offering two tickets for two women who are in the Toronto area. If you'd like to go to the conference, send us an email, radio at saltonlighttv.org or go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash slradio1 and write a comment, send us a message, write a comment uh, asking for the tickets. The first two people to send us a message either through Facebook or through email will get these tickets. Uh, For the Dynamic Women of Faith Conference. So run to your computers and do it right now. Coming up in our second half hour, author Don Caffrey on teaching our kids about the papacy and a featured chat with Sarah Kroger. So don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Okay, quick test. Who was the first pope? Who was the second pope? You know who the Pope is now, but do you know who was Pope before John Paul II? Do you know what the Pope does? Do you know how the Pope is elected? Do you know why we have a Pope? These are some of the topics that are covered in the new children's book, Our Holy Father, The Pope, by Don Caffrey and Emmanuel Bodison. And to tell us all about it, I am now joined by Don Caffrey. Don, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour.
6: Glad to be with you, Deacon Pedro.
0: So you you know the answers to all those questions. <laughs> I know the answer
6: to some of them. I don't claim to be an expert, but I, I did write the children's book about it to try to uh, to help us all along get along a little bit further along in the subject.
0: Now, why? And I actually kind of want to go to some of the answers again. But how do you? Why did you feel that there was a need to explain or to write a book to explain the papacy?
6: When my own children were small, uh, Deacon Pedro, I you know, liked to find uh, Catholic children's books for them on different subjects, of course, of, of Catholicism, and naturally I thought that there would be one about the papacy, you know, ba- basically what does the Pope do and how is he elected and all those kind of things, but mm-hmm. I couldn't find one. So eventually I, I decided to try my own hand at it, so that's kind of it in a nutshell.
0: Right, but your children are not little anymore. So it, either it took right. you a really long time.
6: <laughs> right. Well, this this process was very long in, in happening. I, oh, my, it was. My son's now grown, and my daughter's a freshman in college. So, uh, uh, so it, it's this has been a a long process.
0: Because you're not, I mean, you're not an author. You're not a, a writer. You're a mechanical engineer. You 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 work for the Louisiana Department of <laughs> Environmental Quality. So how was this? Did you find um, this process a, a new experience for you? How, how did it all come about?
6: Well, uh, actually, I did, uh, I guess, co-author a book, uh, I guess, about 10 or 12 years ago on the brown scapular. It's called Garment of Grace. Uh-huh. But uh, uh, I did, you know, I have dabbled in writing before. This is the first book that has been published under my name. Right. But uh, I, but it's, it's definitely not what I do for a living, my my. I'm just a Catholic dad. Really, that's my only claim to uh, qualifications.
0: It's interesting. S- sorry, it's interesting because I and I speak to uh, either authors of children's books or, or 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 even people who are doing children's music, and they always say the same thing that they that they started doing it because they found that there was nothing there, and they wanted to have something for their children. Um, right. Did you find? I mean, clearly, by the time you wrote the book or the book was was in the works, you had already had these conversations with your own kids,
6: right? And so I, I just dis- explained it to them I- as best I could with out of my own knowledge, and uh, uh, you know, I, 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 they were around when I was writing the manuscript, so uh, they they got the benefit of what I learned. But uh, right for, to be able to convey it to to other other folks, other families, I, I you know, I was very glad to see the the. Uh, The book to uh, finally get published uh, last year, and and, uh, so I'm very joyful about that
0: and thankful. Yeah, it was good timing too, with with the election of Pope Francis happening around the same time. Um, Did you find that there there was that you also learned a lot in putting the book together?
6: Oh, oh definitely, uh, uh, Deacon Pedro. And I guess the biggest thing I learned uh, that was how much the 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 papacy, the office of the papacy, is uh, based in scripture uh you know there's sort of a, a stereotype out there that, that Catholicism and a lot of Catholic beliefs are 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 not in the Bible but that's really not the case at all with with the papacy and, and uh, the, that's why I spent so much time in the book uh talking about the life of St Peter is mm-hmm. is because uh the, the modern papacy is 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 very firmly based in, in scripture
0: Now, you you as you said you start with, you know, looking at the Jesus calling Simon, and there's a lot of the history of, of, of Peter and Simon, you know, walking, trying trying to walk on the water, um, even historically the first pope, um, and what even happens after Scripture um, in terms of our tradition with St. Peter's crucifixion, for example. Why did you choose to my format guess, uh, it this way?
6: My, my thinking, Deacon Pedro, was uh, I. This book is meant to be sort of uh, like my idea of it as being a sort of like apologetics for ch- for children. Okay. Um, that they, I wanted them to understand the, the 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 roots of of what the beliefs are, and and to me, I had to go back to to scripture and and, and the life of Saint Peter and and the interactions between him and, and and Jesus, and and actually the plan. It it comes down to to God's plan for the church. You know, the, this was the the, the the foundation stones of how God uh uh designed his church in in his in his eternal wisdom. Mm-hmm. So uh it's it's really quite it was quite eye opening for me to to come to a deeper understanding of these things and I want to try to put it in simple language that 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 the catholic uh, kids can can uh, absorb these things and that'll uh, hopefully that'll help to uh to confirm them in, in their catholic identity and even Make them uh, become evangelizers.
0: Absolutely, uh, you know what? I'm, I, that's a good way to put it in terms of apologetics, because yeah, you explain Jesus giving the keys to Peter, what happened at the Last Supper, um, even with Peter's denial, um, and right. Then Jesus. Right, and that's to show
6: the human side of Peter. It wasn't because he was the smartest no. apostle or the, the the you know had the best resume or whatever. It was it was. Uh, yeah, he. But he. What he did have it was a good heart. You know, he he did deny Jesus three times, mm-hmm. but he repented of that so sincerely. And and uh, uh, Peter is just a, a wonderful model for those of us that are sinners. Yeah. And, and and want you know we need the mercy of, of Jesus to to get along. And I wanted to bring that out.
0: Absolutely. And then then Jesus, um, the three the three calls after the resurrection. Simon, son of John, do you love me? feed my lambs you even go into the the speech after pentecost when peter i guess that was the first preaching moment of 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 of, of, of the leader of the church as the church which is the church began so it there's, right. there's a lot of uh, really great stuff here now you also f- f- um have a little little uh, mini biographies of four great popes how did you choose these four great popes
6: okay well i uh i I chose two from ancient times and two from modern times basically. Okay. But uh, they were I guess each one of them sort of uh, illustrates a different important aspect of, of the papacy and and is also I thought would be interesting to to children type of thing.
0: Okay, so we got Clement the 1st and then Leo the Great. And then you have Pius X and uh Pope John Paul the 2nd of course.
6: Right. Cle- to me Clement uh, illustrates the principle of apostolic succession. Uh-huh. Uh, because his, his name is, is mentioned in the Bible, and, yes. and he was actually uh, uh, ordained by, by uh, St. Peter himself, mm-hmm. according to tradition.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, why do you think, and or and I guess you would have had this experience being a parent, but why do you think we need to teach our kids about the papacy and the Pope? Why not just let them figure it out? Like, Why is that important?
6: it's just it's just a, a one aspect of of the Catholic faith and of the church but very important one uh, the Pope is is um, I guess a symbol of unity you know we believe that, that the the church is one holy Catholic and apostolic mm-hmm. but the, the 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 oneness the unity of the church uh, the the Pope is a living symbol of that because he's just one Pope we just have one leader hmm. uh you know he's he's a uh, I guess the sometimes called the bishop of bishops we we have, have bishops who are the successors of the apostles but the pope is 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 the presides over them in in love and and uh and so he's he's the one who draws them together that uh that's in that's illustrated in in acts chapter 15 with with the, the council of jerusalem where the there was the first serious yes. dispute in the early church and right. and saint peter is really the one who settled that and and uh and, and 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 gave the correct answer, I guess you could say, and and, mm-hmm. and the the rest of the apostles uh, fell silent. I mean, they they realized that he was right. So yeah,
0: so that's absolutely. kind of the,
6: the pope's one of the pope's uh, unifying roles there.
0: Yeah. Now, who would you say this book is for?
6: Uh, the publisher uh, recommends, I guess, age six to ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have some cousins who are homeschoolers, and they tell me that uh, probably grades uh, three to five is about the the optimum range for kids to read it to themselves. Of course, younger younger yes. children can understand it if it's if it's
0: if, if it's, it's read to them. Uh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um this is great, Don. I'm I'm really happy. I was very excited to get the book and and to read it. I already passed it along to some children who I know and 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 they oh, s- sat down to read it. I mean, it, it's Well, it's, that's what I wanted. It's very well done and I and I agree with you that it's a great way to get the kids to give them in the information, definitely, so that they can have those conversations uh, or answer questions that their friends might have. Um, right. But also just as a as a good storybook, I think it works really well as well. So, so well, thank good, thank good thank job. Thank you so much, Deacon Pedro. Thank you for being with us today. Yes, thank you. God Don, bless you. Don Caffrey is a mechanical engineer. Um, he works as a technical advisor at the Louisiana Department of Environmental Quality. He and his family are members of, of the St. Agnes Parish in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He is the author of Our Holy Father, The Pope, the papacy from St. Peter to the Present, which is published by it's co-published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat. Here now is our featured Artist of the Week, Sarah Kroger, with The King of Love, My Shepherd Is, from her latest album, Hallelujah Is Our Song.
2: The King of Love, my shepherd is, whose good.
0: That was Sarah Kroger with The King of Love, My Shepherd Is, from her latest album, Hallelujah, Is Our Song. Now, last we spoke with Sarah Kroger, I said that she was the newest addition to SpiritAndSong.com. In fact, we had her on the show as she had just released her first album, Your Time. And since then, Sarah has been quite busy traveling and leading worship services all over Including World Youth Day in Rio, where she and I got to hang out, which was a highlight okay. of my World Youth Day uh, adventure. Now, Sarah has a new album. "Hallelujah" is our song, and so it's a great excuse to have her back on the show. Sarah, welcome back to the program.
7: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. So, did you appreciate
0: survive? How, how how did you survive World Youth Day?
7: <laughs> you know, I survived pretty well, actually. <laughs> I'd say. Um, I, I'd say my experience was drastically different from the pilgrims. Yes, of <laughs> course. Was it your first World Youth Day? This is my first ever World Youth Day. It was really? awesome. Yeah, That's a beautiful experience, yeah. Overwhelming. Yes.
0: Overwhelming. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, d- d- I guess y- because you were mostly at the catechesis site, helping with mm-hmm. mu- an- animating music during catechesis, did you get a chance to do any of the other events? or, yeah, you or know, walk around or anything?
7: Well, we did get to walk around a lot and we ca- we were staying at a hotel that was right near Copacabana Beach.
0: Yes, so it I was know. Right Good hotel.
7: <laughs> exactly. It was great. It was right near all the action and if you were on the rooftop you got to see um, right. the entire beach. Just the view was like mm-hmm. incredible. It was so incredible to be able to have kind of an aerial view of World Youth Day in a mm-hmm. sense and to be able to hear the Pope speaking and all of that. It was overwhelming. But um, So we got to see that but On um, the day of the vigil, we got to actually be pilgrims. And so me, myself, and uh, Robert Fiducia, who's a spirit and song, and then Danielle Rose, who's a World Library artist, um, and her husband, we all... and. Went and pilgrimed, um, were pilgrims for a day in the middle, uh, like literally landlocked, but not landlocked, like people locked, (laughs) um, right in front of the papal stage all day long. And we were just having, we just had a blast. That's right. You guys
0: went really early and you camped out there to make sure you had a a good spot.
7: (laughs) We did. And we definitely got a good spot, except for the fact that you could not leave.
0: (laughs) And then it rained. I guess by then it was over.
7: Yeah, the rain was over by the time that we got there, but there were definitely people there who had stayed overnight and gotten rained on.
0: So yeah, that's great.
7: It was awesome.
0: So you <laughs> you so re- awesome. you've recovered.
7: Yes, definitely fully recovered from that. But you haven't
0: <laughs> slowed down because I mean it's like no. I don't know if they say that once an artist does World Youth Day, that's it. There's no, no <laughs> turning back. <laughs> have you have you found that your your can I call it a career? Your you, sure. your th- that it has sort of taken off.
7: Ministry, you know. Ministry, yes, ministry that's what this, it is. <laughs> yeah, ministry, career, all of that. Um, you can meld it all together. Yeah. It really, in this last year, has been um, abundantly blessed um, travel-wise. It's mm-hmm. just become a lot busier, and I don't know if that's a, wor- a, a result of World Youth Day or just a result of getting out there more, and the Lord just um, desiring me <laughs> to go to more places and do more things, which at times can be, um, <laughs> just takes me out of my comfort zone, let's just say that. But, really? um God calls us out of our comfort, right? And He, he yeah. challenges us to more always and to greatness. And so He's been really challenging me in that this year. And it's been really, really fun. Just really, really great. Yeah.
0: You were in Africa.
7: Yeah, I was. Tell <laughs> us a, tell, yeah,
0: I, I don't know if that's the comfort zone you're talking about, but tell us about that trip.
7: Yeah, that was definitely one of them. Um, it was a trip with CRS, um, Catholic Relief Services, yes. which is basically, if for those of you who don't know what it is, it's... The American Church's outreach to the world, and yes. so um, and it, and it, the the program basically seeks the poor and vulnerable of the world, and so um, Spirit and Song sent a couple of artists um, with CRS as a delegation, and we got to go to Ghana and just um, basically build relationships with people, sing songs with people, um, just have an amazing time looking and seeing what CRS is doing um, and the impact that they're having in the world, and. It was such a beautiful experience. I'm still processing it, yeah. like today, continually processing um, the people that I met, the faces that I saw, and just the encounter with God in Ghana. It was, it was quite the experience.
0: So how does an experience like that, and I guess all the experiences that you have, but it's that, that, that is so different, mm-hmm. uh, how does that influence you uh, as an artist, as, as a worship leader, as, as someone mm-hmm. in ministry?
7: Yeah, you know, one of the biggest influences I'd have to say is just for me to be able to um, have experienced the global church, Um, Mm. whether it was through Ghana or through World Youth Day, it was like God was showing me the universal church in such a deep and profound way. And I loved that so much because so often, I I mean, obviously I just go to different churches in America often, um, but to be able to have that experience and that knowledge of the church as a whole... um, and just to be able to know that and and to kind of live out of that and minister out of that um, knowledge has been so rejuvenating for me and to kind of be able to bring that message to young people throughout the world and throughout our country that our church is alive and well and that they are a part of something that they can be proud of all of us are a of are are part of a church that we can be so proud of that is doing so much good work in the world and um, is everywhere, literally everywhere. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, I know. So, yeah. um, would you say that your, your, your focus, maybe your mission uh, as a, uh, in ministry has changed in the mm. last year?
7: I would say, you know...
0: Or focused?
7: more. It, it has become a little bit more focused, um, in especially in my experience in Ghana. Um, I interviewed Amon Sr. there and I asked him, uh, what is one thing that you would want American teens to know about Ghana. And he just simply said this statement. He just said, Ghanaians want to be known, seen, and loved. Mm-hmm. And that, that pierced my heart in a, in a new way. And it made me realize that that is a statement that goes beyond wherever you are, like that is the basic need of all people, of
1: mm-hmm. all people,
7: whoever you're ministering to, wherever they are in the world, they desire to be known and seen and loved. And the thing that I have come to know is that I just desire for everyone to be able to have that encounter with God um, so that they may know that they are seen and loved and known by a God, by their creator, by their father. And Mm -hmm. so that's really been um, my focus of my ministry this year is that that theme itself is to really just um, encourage people that they are loved by God.
0: Sounds like a song is in there somewhere
7: somewhere hopefully. <laughs> to be
0: known, to be seen, and to be loved. Um, th- this new album, it's not that new anymore, but it's, it's new-ish. Hallelujah yeah. is our song and it's a little so strange new. Strange to be talking about Hallelujah in the middle of Lent, but yeah. Um, <laughs> what, what was your, your focus for that album or what's different
7: yeah. for that? Well, the album was very much based, um, I kind of call it like, the theme of it basically has a very resurrection type theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously with the title track being Holly is Our Song. And um, for that track, really the, um, the start of that um, came from an inspiration, from a quote that I had read from Blessed John Paul II, hmm. soon to be Saint John Saint, Paul II, yes. um, <laughs> where he said... Um, uh, do not abandon yourselves for, to despair, for we are an Easter people, and hallelujah is our song. Yes. And um, I just loved that, and it so resonated with my heart that wherever I am, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what we are going through as a people, um, that hallelujah should be our song and can be our song,
2: and mm-hmm.
7: just that we would be able to praise God with our entire lives, no matter where we are, no matter what's happening.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, that's 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 great. Um, yeah, w- yeah, we are a hallelujah people, wh- which Amen. is which is which is great. So, um, it's Lent. Yeah, and and <laughs> it's great that we're actually in a way maybe it's good because it means that when we give away the album, it'll be around Easter time. So it'd be a nice Easter gift for someone. Oh, perfect. Um, g- <laughs> good timing. This is we. It's all well planned.
7: Exactly. the
2: um, timing. Uh, w-
0: my World Youth Day experience, and, I, and I'm not going to blame mm. you, but you had a big part of it, and I don't know if I told <laughs> you this, because of Run to the Cross, mm. and, and that became a big theme for me during World Youth Day, and, yeah. and I guess it's a, it should be a big theme during Lent. Amen. Um, how do you, how uh, how's this Lent been for you, and how do you sort of, maybe some advice for our listeners yeah, in sure, journeying um. through Lent towards Hallelujah being our song?
7: Yeah, definitely. Um, this Lent, Lent is always, I feel like, a very deeply spiritual um, experience for me, and this Lent is is like no other. I gave up sweets, which is a big deal for me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's a big deal. Um, and and so there's been a lot of like um, sacrifice within my own like uh, desires, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, for that kind of a thing. And, and so just a lot of different things that I've been able to offer up, in a sense. Um, there's been a lot of sacrificial, like, offering up for me. Um, and, and not just for me, but for the people that I love um, this Lent, which has been kind of different for me. I've, I've kind of um, done that differently this Lent. And, and so for me, um, it really is about running to the cross. Uh, and it mm-hmm. really is about recognizing, like, Lent for me is about recognizing that um, God came down to earth so that he could experience what we experience so that he could save us but also so that whenever we're suffering we can know that God has been through it whatever we are going through whatever wherever we've been no matter what has happened that God has experienced that in a Mm -hmm. deep and profound way because he shares that with us and so Lent for me is is remembering that beautiful and mysterious just that beautiful and mysterious thing that God shares in my sufferings and that God knows, and, and that God um, does not leave me alone in that, and so that um, I can come to resurrection through that, and so that yeah. there is hope in the cross. Does Absolutely. that make sense? So in our sufferings, there is hope. There, it's not the end of the story. The cross is not the end of the story. It doesn't make sense without the resurrection, yeah. and so that's really what Lent. Is nice. all about for
0: me. Yeah, you know what? There's the the yeah. If if you want Hallelujah to be your song, you need to run to the cross. Th- that's Amen. it's the paradox. But there you go. It's
5: <laughs> exactly. It all makes
0: sense. And the Pope said there this goes. at Friday at World Youth Day. That's exactly what he was talking about. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. Jesus doesn't say carry your cross and then leave us <laughs> leave us exactly. to, uh, you know alone. Um, you're busy. I know you just came back from the LA Congress, and and yep. I know you you're in Georgia and there's some events in Georgia. But you you're doing some stuff for Life Teen also in mm-hmm. Georgia and in Atlanta. The XLT on April fifteenth. Yep. You're in Long Island May in May, May 16th, 17th, in yep. Baltimore on the 18th of May. I'm just going to rhyme these off for people <laughs> if they're in that area. Um, <laughs> Life Team Convention uh, on June 8th. And then you're doing a, a whole bunch of Steubenvilles, Steubenville yep. South. Um, and, and Steubenville Atlantic, which is going to be in Halifax, Mm-hmm. And I think those are registrations are still open. Uh, st- uh, Steubenville, Maine campus number five, mm-hmm. um, yep. and uh, and Steubenville Northwest, which is in Washington, Washington State. Um, yep. And I believe the registrations are are still open. So if anyone's in those in that area and they wanna certainly go see Sarah, but go to Steubenville because it's a great conference. We're really pumped up because we're having yeah. one in Toronto this year. And you're so not exciting. coming because you're going to be <laughs> in Halifax or somewhere else. But that's okay. Next time. I wish time. I could come. Well, next time. Next time, you need to p- ask, make a request.
5: Yeah, I will. I uh, will for sure.
0: Okay, Sarah. It's it's been really good uh, talking to you. And uh it's great talking and, to you. Too, and uh, thanks. thanks for your friendship and what you do. And let's Thank let's you. stay in touch.
7: Thank you for sure. God bless you.
0: You can learn more about Sarah Kroger and book her for an event or buy her music at her website saracroger.com. Here she is now with I Will Pour Out My Heart from her album Hallelujah is Our Song
2: My soul will sing with hope in the Lord There is nothing that could take away my soul. He is my
0: We're listening to Sarah Kroger with I Will Pour Out My Heart from her album Hallelujah Is Our Song and that will take us to the end of the program. Next week, we're giving away a copy of Sarah Kroger's Hallelujah Is Our Song so remember to sign up for a chance to win our weekly prizes. All you have to do is go to our website saltonlighttv.org radio and look where it says Stay Connected for a Chance to Win Weekly Prizes. Enter your name and email address for a chance to win. Also, you can like us on Facebook and write nice things on our page. That will definitely get you a prize. In fact, a shout-out to Isabel Cantu of Soledad, California, who regularly likes our posts on Facebook. Isabel, you are our favorite Salt and Light Radio follower. And while you're on Facebook, you can also like me. Look for Deacon Pedro. And if you're on Twitter, my handle is at Deacon Pedro GM. Remember that if you tuned in late, you can listen to this program and all Salt and Light Hour programs at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. That's also where you can now listen to uninterrupted Catholic music and devotions on our Salt and Light Radio playlists. Check them out. We now have four playlists, Contemporary Music, Salt and Light Radio 1, Contemporary Music, Salt and Light Radio 2, Easy Listening and Classics, Salt and Light Radio 3, World Music, and Salt and Light Radio 4, Children's Music. So go check them out. Salt and Light radio playlists are possible thanks to the generous support of artists like Sarah Kroger and SpiritandSong.com. So go to our website and learn how you can listen to online and on the go on your mobile device, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Thank you for your support and thank you for listening. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour.